let's go behind the page now, Will. Um, and we've already looked at Daredevil and his creation, and mm. you know you can head back into the archives to take a look, um, and take a look, take a look with your ears, um, or in, in, as some people might say, listen uh, to <laughs> our previous Daredevil episode. Um, <clears throat> but I think I don't know whether you can remem- remember this. I'll try and see if we can jog your memory. Then mm. Daredevil comes about in the nineteen sixties, and. Um, he's kind of a, a you know a wish fulfillment character like like Spider Man is, um, you know, written for youngsters who could suddenly have this amazing kind of um, life, this different life, um, mm. and and have these powers and these abilities and uh, put on costumes and dazzle their their, their friends and things. Um, but throughout the sixties and the seventies, Daredevil is very much pra- painted as a swashbuckling acrobatic hero. Mm. Everything that we everything that connects with audiences now about Daredevil happens in the 1980s. Mm. And it's night and day from what you see in the 60s and in the 70s. The 60s and 70s, he's got schlocky Bad, really bad supervillains that we've looked at, <laughs> like the Matador, um, the emissaries of evil that we've looked at over on Obscure Marvel on Patreon, um, F- Leapfrog. <laughs> you know, they're mm. all there. Um, and and the seventies, it's you know, he moves out to the other side of the country, goes out to California, and but but it's it's you know it's it's laser guns and it's it's it's. Uh, Twins and it's secret, you know, secret twins coming back and faking deaths, and it's all very just, yeah, it's very, you know, 70s and 60s Marvel. Mm. He's not a A list or even a B list character, Daredevil isn't. And how well of he's how, how well he's thought of is, um, is up for debate, and sales are not terribly good. Um, which is when a, a, an artist called Frank Miller gets involved. Frank Miller comes aboard uh, at the end of the 70s mm. um, as the artist for the series. Now, Frank Miller um, really wants to, to, to and, and, and has done, draw a lot of crime comics. Mm. And he feels that Daredevil is quite maybe his way in because Daredevil is such a street-level guy. Mm. There aren't really... Fa- like. He's not web swinging through the, you know, above the above the the, the buildings. He's not battling like Doctor Octopus mm. and things like that. He felt he felt that Daredevil is his way into kind of doing crime stories at Marvel Comics. Ah, he starts, that... yeah, he starts off yeah. as, as just the the writer. Uh, sorry, just the artist on the series, um, and um, his art is tremendously well received. Um, he's an incredible uh, narrative or storytelling illustrator. Mm. That, that generally is kind of like almost two two types of um, of, of art in in these kind of comic books. There's um, illustrative uh, story, uh, illustrative dreams, um, which is where your art looks incredible and it's really there on the page to kind of be a gorgeous backdrop while people read the panel boxes and mm. the, the text, the, the dialogue and what's going on. Um, when we spent a lot of time looking at Chris Clement on X-Men. He's known for working with an awful lot of great artists like that. He's pairing with Jim Lee. Jim mm. Lee would draw these gorgeous pictures of the X-Men. Wolverine, Cyclops, Colossus, um, Psylocke and Jean Grey and all that. 
and you could take all the text off the page and they would sell incredibly well as posters trading cards you know things like that so that's the backdrop and then chris clement's kind of quite uh verbose wordy text would be on the on the screen so you're not really having to do a huge amount of interpreting of the of the, the the physicality of the of the page with why, how you're reading it. Well, Frank Miller comes from a slightly different school, um, and I'm sure he does both. He does both in 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 Sin City, but at this stage, he's doing this kind of narrative illustration mm. um, where he's really working on 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 following in the Will Eisner school um, and 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 really telling very complex kind of stories with his art as well as with his words. After a while, um, Frank Miller, you know, expresses an interest um, in in writing the series, and it is very much handed over and given to him. And this is where Daredevil changes forever. Mm. And this is where Marvel Comics, super hit superhero comics, the the concept of action comics in the Western world changes forever. Miller introduces. Um, he 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 chooses he picks and chooses what aspects of daredevil's history and backstory to abandon ignore and forget as he creates his own hmm. um without explanation it's just there you go <laughs> we'd have to wait like another 10 13 years to kind of get an updated version of daredevil's backstory um but he transforms the daredevil comic into a series that is about um, gangsters, crime, drug dealers, um, assassins. Um, it's very moody. Mm. It is very urban. The artwork um, is very gritty. And he brings in a huge amount of influence from the, the, the realm of film noir and, and crime noir novels. Film noir movies, crime noir novels. Um, we start with like crashing lightning um, and torrential rain. Shadows suddenly play a huge um, expressive part in the stories as they do in, in film noir. Matt Murdock develops this um, kind of gritty internal um, narrative dialogue. There's like you're reading a Raymond Chandler novel. Mm. Um, about how the streets are dirty and the knee cleaning up and all that kind of stuff um and he really develops and expands um and he transforms what daredevil is this daredevil had been this happy-go-lucky um he would he would quip and tell jokes like spider-man did <laughs> he would swing in on a on a on a on a line like spider-man did he would he was an acrobatic swashbuckling good guy and then frank miller comes along and and everything changes um and throughout this series as miller introduces like hitmen with psychotic problems <laughs> femme fatales um <laughs> Everyone has loose morals. Mm. Everyone has shades of grey. Throughout the series, um, throughout his run of the series, sorry, he nudges Matt Murdock closer and closer and closer towards this anti-hero idea, which was not present in superhero comics as 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 a thing that, that for a main character to be. Um, there is a famous famous scene that I think we talked about before of after. Bullseye has murdered Daredevil's true love and done some truly awful, horrifying things. 
He is in a car accident, you know, during the fight. He wakes up in hospital, dead, Bullseye does. Daredevil, and he's completely in traction and can't move. And Daredevil is sat in the chair next to Bullseye, holding a pistol. They play Russian roulette. Daredevil puts the gun to Bullseye's head, pulls the trigger. Matt is crying as he does this. Mm. Like, these things did not exist in superhero comics. This level of sophistication in storytelling, this level of adult and mature themes, yeah, did not exist in storytelling. Um, Frank Miller was also at the... It's, I don't know how he knew this, but there's a, a, a craze for um, ninja story... Ninjas and pop culture storytelling movies, books and things. And it kind of kicks off in 1980 with a novel called The Ninja by Eric Van Lustbader. Um, and that starts to usher in an, an, a, an, a, a, an arcade game. Um, mm. I forget the title of it. That starts to usher in the, 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 the ninja craze of the 1980s. Frank Miller is right there, 1981. Bang! Here comes The Hand. Here comes Electra. Here comes Matt's complicated backstory that involves ninja training for the first time. So he's riding the crest of this cultural kind of phenomenon of of introducing eastern um uh, mysticism and philosophy into action adventure stories but that level of sophistication we've talked about how the 80s was this huge change in in comic books um driven by the success of things like the dark knight returns and watchmen driven by things like swamp thing and Sandman. All of these things come after Frank Miller on Daredevil. And all of these things really, it really starts the idea of the anti hero, the idea mm. of sophisticated storytelling, the idea of introducing shades of noir, shades of grey, a grim and gritty approach to these action adventure characters starts with Frank Miller's Daredevil at the very start of the 1980s. And the compelling thing about it is that, yes, The Dark Knight Returns <laughs> sold like gangbusters and everyone talks about it, as does Watchmen, although Watchmen didn't sell like gangbusters, but everyone talks about how, how much of a cultural, um, not even a touchstone, a, a change mm. in the culture was done through things like uh, Dark Knight Returns, Sandman, Watchmen. These were all... Um, self, like Dark Knight Returns was about Batman, but it wasn't really. It was an imaginary future <laughs> Batman, and it happened in its own little little uh, mini series. Yeah. Watchmen, no existing characters were used. Sandman, I'm gonna say no existing characters are used. Mm. So there are these very um, niche things that can be done. Frank Miller was doing the the was starting this revolution in a major Marvel comic book, pushing the boundaries of what was acceptable um, in terms of um, mature conversation, dialogue. I'm not talking about swearing. I'm talking about themes and tones. Pushing what was acceptable in terms of um, depictions of violence. There's not a blood fest, but um, there's an awful lot of swords going right through characters in silhouette. <laughs> like, that's a big thing. You know, characters getting stabbed, killed, major supporting characters. Um, that Russian roulette scene, I will never forget it. It is a harrowing thing to see the lead character 
clearly having a breakdown and weeping openly as he commits this act of would-be violence. Um, th- these these tones, these dark tones and, and mature approaches and sophisticated approaches were introduced in a major, major comic book. Um, all right, he wasn't a major character at the time, but it was still, you know, it, it's still doing it front and centre rather than like behind the bike sheds uh, where you can get away with a lot more. Um, and it really did change the way that people wanted their superhero comics to be in much the same way that there was a if you think about as we've been talking about prestige dramas as this show is think about dramas television dramas used to be you know they'd be about a um a doctor or a or a or a police officer or a lawyer but they're all decent good people and then there are antagonistic events that happen to them and then we get this trend of actually what we're thirsty for is stories about that we get the shield and sopranos and the wire we want stories about corrupt cops mm. and drug dealers and we want stories about the mafia and we want stories of, you know we want um we want complex characters that have dark tones we want stories that have dark tones and we as a, a viewing public thirst for that shades of grey darkness sophistication um and noir in our prestige dramas well once frank miller had started the ball rolling in the 80s with daredevil like that's what the comic buying audience wanted from their main characters from their lead characters they wanted this to carry on which is a huge part of why we then got things like dark knight returns Mm. Watchmen, Sandman, and how it started to influence. It's why Wolverine became, you know, hugely popular because Frank Miller paved the way with Daredevil. The Punisher. Why did the Punisher become get the chance to be so popular? Because Frank Miller proved it could be done in Daredevil. Um, and so this is really some people have written about this era as the death of the hero. You know, because this 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 idea of an anti-hero mm. dominated comic books throughout the ni- 80s and the 90s and still exists in many forms there are mm. many characters that are still allowed to be popular and lead protagonists but not heroes like Punisher like yeah. Wolverine and it was Frank Miller on Daredevil completely changing and altering what a superhero and a main action adventure comic could be and could do it's uh, um, it has to be one of the things that attracted me to a lot of comic book reading in the first place because I know that comic back when I was a kid, comics had that kind of thing of Superman going like, ah, he's a pure hero doing right and everything's black yeah. and white. And then when you get into things like Alan Moore and Frank Miller and reading things, it's like, oh, hello, this appeals to my teenage sense of grittiness. <laughs> sure, because as we get to teenage yeah. years, there's the, yeah. what's that thing? I I I've left my my ch- the childish things behind as yeah. I grow. Yeah. Um, we leave our toys behind, and we want to um, dabble in the world with the shades of grey. Um, and it was an incredible cultural shift mm. that began um, with Frank Miller on Daredevil, um, and that plays out throughout this series as they look to th- this this groundbreaking run that Frank Miller did and as we know the next Daredevil project is going to be called Born Again which is the roughly the conclusion of Frank Miller's incredible run on Daredevil <laughs> 
Thanks for joining us as we revisit some of our favourite moments from Marvel vs. Marvel. Don't forget our full-length episodes are jam-packed with hours of Marvel trivia, behind the page, behind the scenes, and comic book Marvel history. Marvel.